Kaffeeka is a very Swedish custom which basically means that you take a break from your activity to have a cup of coffee or tea and maybe eat something sweet. In Fika with us, we are inviting you to join us for a Fika and listen to different topics regarding international student life at Linköping University. In this episode of Fika with us, we're joined by Maria, one of our international student ambassadors here at Liu. Today, we will talk about her master program. What is it about? How did she get here? And what has this program taught her? My name is Rebecca and let's start the FICA. Welcome, Maria. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about your master program. And the first and most obvious question is, what is your master program? What are you studying? Okay, so I'm studying the Master's in Gender Studies, Intersectionality and Change. That's a very long name. Yeah, it is. Um, but uh, <laughs> What is it about? Yeah, uh, basically it's about gender studies, uh, which is a relative uh, new field of studies. And this is actually why it is very exciting for me. And this is why I chose it, uh, because uh, we go through uh, some uh, historical facts, but also temporary theories. Mm, that sounds really interesting. When did you start your master's? Yes, I go very a long time ago when I started the master's. Uh, it was 2015 and I have oh. been taking it uh, low pace, um, basically part time because I was combining uh, with some uh, work at the same time. That's actually really interesting because it's a perspective we don't see that often um, for students that take it at a slightly slower pace. So what made you choose this program? Yep, uh, basically for uh, two reasons. Uh, the first one was I wanted to switch a little bit the field of my studies. I have studied ancient Greek and Latin philology uh, in Greece, and I wanted to enhance my knowledge with um, the gender uh, field. So that was one of the reasons. And the other reason was that I was interested in studying in Sweden. And it was one of the master programs that it was very close to what I wanted to study, but also to the destination country that I was super interested to be. So it was a combination of a lot of different things. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, when I chose the master's, actually, I was not only interested to study, but also how to live abroad in a country that I could actually use the studies uh, for my work. So it was very important for me to have all factors shipping in somehow. Okay, so were you actively looking for a master's program in Sweden? How did you come across the, the master's? It was a little bit random. I was um, interested to study abroad, but I was not very, very well aware uh, back then of where exactly. So I was uh, looking at different options. So then I met another student uh, who was um, back at the time studying in Link Shopping University and uh, promoted uh, quite well the university <laughs> and also the master programs. So it kind of opened up my um, search, let's say, um, yeah, uh, field. So. This is how I got to know about Link Shopping University. And then I started digging more in the master programs. All right. So you, many, you mentioned that you were from Greece. And what did you study for your bachelor's? Yep. So my bachelor's was uh, in ancient Greek and Latin philology. And I have a specialization in modern Greek uh, literature. 
So quite a, a different field. Yes, exactly. And uh, as I mentioned before, uh, it is a field of studies that uh, it's not uh, very easy to connect it with the job market, especially abroad. And it was very important for me uh, if I would do a master's to do something that it could open up uh, the basically uh, job opportunities. But I wanted, of course, uh, something to be very close to my interest as well. Uh, were you worried about the entry requirements? Because um, it's it's quite a different field. Uh, I, I don't personally know what the entry requirements are for your master's, but was it something that was complicated? Uh, actually, no. Um, first of all, I would say that the admissions information was uh, very clear to me, both when I was checking um, the university's website and also the universityadmissions.se. So it was super clear to me uh, what I needed to do uh, in order to uh, basically be admitted to the university. And when it comes to the field of studies, um, no, it was not a problem because um, my bachelor basically is connected under the humanities uh, uh, sector. So it was uh, actually not a problem at all uh, to have the right requirements for me to enter. Well, that's really good to hear. Yeah. Um, So when you finished your bachelor's, did you apply directly to this master's or were you first, you know, did you work in, in Greece? Was it a direct transition? Did you wait a little bit before you applied for the master's? Uh, I think it was approximately a year. So after I finished my bachelor, I think it took me approximately a year. Uh, I have decided quite early on to uh, continue with the master's, but I would say that in this time period of the year, uh, it was also like to prepare for uh, the admissions because uh, back then uh, I needed to uh, do the English um, exams and that would take some time. And then of course it's uh, the waiting time to see if uh, Mm -hmm. the admissions went through and stuff like that. So, but uh, no, not not so much after I finished my bachelor degree. Yeah, yeah. For for me, it was the same because when uh, the um, the admission period is, it ends in in January. So unless you're like while you're doing your last year of the bachelor's, you're already thinking about your whichever masters you want to do. Unless you do that, it's really difficult to do like do this right after you you finish your bachelor's. So I can I can totally understand that. All right. But having a bit of a look uh, more at the master's itself, like what were your first impressions when you arrived to Sweden and you went to your first class? It was definitely excitement. Um, The format was something that I was not used to. It was something new. And for that, maybe I should talk a little bit uh, more about how our um, actually classes are. Um, The master's is um, uh, done 50% online and 15% on campus, which means that uh, we have a lot of things happening online. And then we have three academic weeks per year that we would need to meet uh, in person, basically. Of course, those regulations changed a little bit uh, the last few years with Corona Um, and I'm not sure if it's uh, back because now I'm not following exactly the order of the years uh, because I'm a bit of a late student but um, back then when I started uh, it was very very nice this new format um, and it was also very convenient um, especially uh, for me that I was working at the same time so having the possibility to uh, take some things online and then be um, quite a few times on campus uh, was giving me a lot of opportunity to um, do some courses. I think um, looking back, if the master's was not 50% online, I wouldn't be able to finish it. Mm. 
All right. Uh, do, did you want to talk a bit about the class structure as well, a little bit more? Yeah, uh, the class structure is not very different from uh, common class. Uh, basically, uh, we have lectures, we have um, individual assignments, and we have also some uh, group work. Um, so more or less, it's like a typical uh, class. Did you have anything that you didn't really like when you when you first started, like uh, anything that was a little bit strange? I cannot complain about anything. Uh, the only thing that I can complain about is about myself uh, for um, a bit exploiting the online uh, format. Mm. I think that it was a very big advantage, but at the same time disadvantage. Um, I underestimated the time that I would actually need to study. Mm. And I was thinking that because the program is online, I could combine with work. And that is actually something that I would definitely not recommend to other students. Even if the program is online, um, I wouldn't suggest that uh, someone works at the same time. Uh, the studying hours should be full time, approximately 40 hours per week. And it's very, very hard to um, do these things at the same time. So, yeah, that would be my recommendation. Right. Was there anything that you particularly liked other than the, the structure being partially online and partially in person? I think it's mostly um, the professors and the tutors that we had. Uh, everyone um, is uh, very um, interesting. So all the classes that we had and the courses, I enjoyed. Um, I think that uh, they are very open-minded and always very helpful uh, to us and explanatory. So I never had any problem with any of them. So that was really nice. And the other uh, point was that um, uh, our classmates are coming from all over the world, basically. The opportunity to take this master's half online really helps the situation. And then meeting with so many people from different countries is also an experience itself. Now that you've, you're doing your, your thesis, you're quite close to finishing. So if you look back now, is there anything that stands out the most, like a specific professor or a project you did or any sort of opportunity that came up from this master's? Is there anything that stands out? Uh, the master's, even though I took it uh, really uh, slow pace, um, it really gave me the opportunity to um, kind of um, expand my horizons. I can say that it really changed my uh, perception in many ways. So um, I would definitely do it again, even though I had many difficulties to finish it up because of the work. But I would definitely do it again. Um, it was also like a very nice experience with all the uh, tutors that I said and also with my supervisor with the thesis because um, she has been very supportive to me and I have been learning a lot of stuff. And I would say that uh, what I liked the most was even though I was taking the courses slowly, I learned so much things so I wouldn't do it otherwise. Like sometimes, you know, when we are in a rush to finish a course, we just do what we have to do in order to get the grade and then move on to the next course. Mm. But for me, it has been a little bit the opposite experience that I could actually study as much as I want because I was taking a few basically uh, courses per time. Mm. Or sometimes I would have to go back to some courses to finish up some grades or some tasks. So that was giving me the opportunity to uh, study really deep um, on the things that I was super interested in. 
Okay. So on, on that topic, which one was your favorite course that you took? I am not sure I can choose because they were, all of them actually were very interesting and nice. Uh, but now what pops in my mind is one called Career Paths. Mm-hmm. And I think I liked that one because it was a little bit more connected to the job market compared to the other courses um, in the field of gender Sorry. In the field of gender studies, um, a lot of things are highly theoretical. So having a course and talking about uh, career options after the studies, it was very interesting. And it was very nice because uh, the people who are joining the uh, masters come from um, different backgrounds. So we could actually see uh, in person that even though um, gender studies is a theoretical academical field, how it can be also incorporated in other career paths. So I got a lot of inspiration back then of what you can do after the studies with this master's. I think that's really nice. Yep. At least that sounds very nice. Yep. Um, you already mentioned that um, you, you have lectures and seminars and you have a lot of things going on online and a lot of self-study. But what about group work? Do you have group work as well? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, not in all of the um, courses, but uh, in most of them we had. So basically it was a combination that um, um, we had to do some uh, parts of the st- tasks individually and then some other parts of the task uh, could be in a group work. And maybe it's uh, good to mention that um, we had a different kind of, um, how to say, um, lectures and um, group work in the sense that sometimes we were meeting in the bigger groups with a tutor and that was called tutoring group course or um, task and then some other times we were meeting uh, with our um, classmates uh, and that was called co-tutoring the idea behind the co-tutoring was that we become tutors to the others. So maybe we would divide some articles or some knowledge and then we would try to explain to each other that this is what we have learned or this is what we can share. And that was a really nice experience actually. Uh, It was giving us the chance to not only practice and learn, but also to see how we can make it, um, how we can pass it on to others. So that was really great experience. Oh yeah, as they say, you only truly know something if you can explain it to someone Exactly, else. exactly. Yeah. My, my teachers love to use that sentence, but I think secretly they just wanted us to explain things to other students. Exactly, <laughs> I think it works actually. <laughs> so, but that's quite interesting to me because then you were already kind of in a, pre-pandemic era, you were already having this like mixed mode. So I'm guessing that you didn't feel the pandemic as hard because you were already partially having it online. Exactly. Um, And that is actually something that we have been discussing over the years with different uh, classmates because I have seen multiple uh, years. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have met a lot of people from different uh, years of admission. Uh, But uh, yeah, like one point was actually that uh, because the uh, master's is online, that at times felt very, very comfortable, but also very uh, disconnecting. Mm, Because, of course, it's really nice to meet online, but uh, with some of our classmates, we have never met in person. So that made it a bit challenging. But of course, when Corona uh, came and then everything changed in the whole world, uh, being able to do the masters uh, online, that is a great benefit, in my opinion. And 
I can say actually that I have um, been completing a lot of uh, points uh, when it was the pandemic because some of my work was cancelled and then I was able to actually steal some time and then <laughs> go back to the studies and finish up quite a lot of things. Well, that's nice. That's very nice. Um, and I'm guessing this this kind of dynamic was quite different from your bachelor's back home. Um, I don't I don't I don't know how the bachelor's programs are in Greece. Um, but was it was it hard to adapt to this initially? Yeah. Uh, so basically, um, my bachelor was a standard bachelor in the traditional way that we all think about bachelors mm. going to the class tutor speaking about topic uh, sitting for exams in a certain period of time so it was a huge shock for me to adjust when I started the masters in Sweden that was basically uh, for the reason that it had already a different format that I was used to and also like the high quality of education not that in Greece the bachelors or masters are not high uh, but I was expecting that I would be able to follow a little bit easier mm. but having the additional uh, factor of the language because it's English it's not my native language yeah, and also course. adjusting to the new format to half on campus half online also different settings of exams because um, in my bachelor the exams was studying and sitting in an actual class to write things Uh, in this master's, we submit individual assignments. So mm -hmm. everything is in written form and um, submitted online. So that can also be a very different uh, experience. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is it is a whole experience. It definitely is. So you're about to finish, hopefully very soon. Uh, and you're working on your thesis, is that right? Yeah, exactly. What is your thesis about? Okay, so my uh, thesis is about... Um, non-profit organizations and how uh, the organizations are uh, using some gender practices and how they can uh, learn from their own uh, practices. My um, idea was that uh, a lot of times uh, non-profit organizations are doing a lot of things correctly, but they're not necessarily aware of uh, what they're doing. Because of course, within the field of gender studies, there is a lot of theories and uh, new theories are coming Um, um, they're coming out. So basically, I wanted to uh, sort of bridge the gap between the um, youth work and social work within nonprofit organizations and academia. Nice. That sounds very interesting. So you, you mentioned that you have a job and you recently got a full-time job. Do you know what you're going to do once you finish your master's? Are you planning to stay in Sweden? What kind of job do you think would be for you after you've finished? Yeah, um, that is true. Uh, I am also working at the same time. Um, so basically, uh, when I finish uh, the master's, I want to continue uh, living in Sweden and I want to continue working in Sweden. It has been a conscious decision um, even when I first moved here. So I kind of knew back then that I want to stay and I was trying all these years to make it happen. And of course, like uh, when the master's is done, uh, I just want to continue learning and working and do more inspiring stuff. Nice. That that is in itself very inspiring. Yeah. But do you know what some uh, other kinds of uh, job opportunities are for people that finish the masters? Any other like alumni that you keep in touch with? What are they doing now? 
Um, basically, a lot of uh, my classmates um, are in academia. Um, that is something that I need to say. I feel that uh, from this field, um, most of the opportunities are coming from the academia. Uh, but uh, it's also a master's that it can be adjusted. Um, diversity, inclusion, um, equal rights are topics that are highly uh, discussed uh, in many countries, especially Europe, especially uh, Nordic countries. And in Sweden, of course, it's a huge discussion. So I feel that um, um, you can work uh, in uh, many different uh, companies, non-profit organizations, and it's something that maybe doesn't necessarily match to a certain uh, job description, but um, I would say that the master's is highly adjustable and the knowledge that uh, we get, um, for sure, we can use it to any kind of job. Awesome. And um, kind of in the going in the direction of a conclusion here. So, what's one thing that you wish you would have known before you started this master's? Mm. I think I would say um, the high requirements um, of the um, study base, mm. because it is a bit tricky to think that uh, the master's is 50% on campus and 50% online. So I wish I was aware um, that it is challenging to actually uh, study the program. It cannot be easily combined with work. And that um, even though it seems that the pace can be a lot quicker because of the online format, it is actually not. Um, but of course, that's also um, a personal responsibility um, because uh, I'm coming from a different bachelor. I didn't have a lot of um, background knowledge when I started the master's in gender studies. So it could have been also the case that um, a lot of things were very, very new to me. Yeah. Did you struggle with procrastination a lot? I wouldn't say that I struggle with procrastination, but especially the first months and the first semester, I would say, uh, it was very difficult for me to grasp the ideas and some terminology. So it was so difficult for me to even understand some basic words, Mm. which of course now they make sense to me. But let's say that it took me a whole semester to understand the concept of intersectionality. Mm. And then how can you fully grasp um, the knowledge and the information of the courses if you don't understand even the basic concept? And that was actually a very interesting discussion back then, um, because the biggest factor for me not understanding it is that in Greece, the tra- in Greek, the translation is not accurate. Oh, and then okay. when I was trying to translate it in my mind on to look for information in Greek um, databases and stuff, it was not very, very easy. Yeah. Um, so that made it a little bit more challenging journey. Yeah, yeah. In I the can end, understand that. <laughs> I managed to understand it and now I'm fine with it. But uh, <laughs> it has been uh, quite uh, the challenge. But a positive outcome. Exactly. Which I exactly. think is what matters the most. Exactly. All right. Thank you so much for giving us some insights about your program. But before we go, I do have one final question, and that is, what's your favorite type of fika? Okay, that is a very nice question. Uh, well, we are in Sweden, so I must say that it's cinnamon buns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I love them. Uh, I think that uh, they're super nice. And actually, I ate one just before we start. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Rebecca. You have listened to Fika with us, with me, Rebecca, and this episode's guest, Maria. Don't forget to follow Linköping University on Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to this podcast if you would like to hear more episodes like this one. We hope you enjoyed today's talk and that you join us for a Fika again soon.